rock, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Uh, welcome to the first episode of Sequel September. Bah, bah, bah. Rolls off the tongue. Really Nothing does. like a bit of alliteration. Yeah, I mean, it's the only month we can do sequels. Yeah. Despite the fact that we've obviously done many sequels. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the facts. That's us. You know, like we wanted to do, we wanted to do sequel September last year and then we missed it. I remember thinking like, oh, damn, now I've got to wait a whole year to do more sequels. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't. Nothing matters. Uh, But it is nice to bucket some things together under a theme. Mm. In, In doing a few sequels side by side, maybe we'll start to pick up on some, you know, what works, what doesn't work. What are the lessons we can take away from from sequels? I can, I've got one lesson already. Oh, yeah? It's quite hard to do notes on sequels. <laughs> yeah. Big time. I mean, origin stories, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> we already did that. <laughs> First one worked, made another one. Usually when we look at like a cultural legacy of a film too, we kind of by default end up doing the whole franchise too. So like... Used up all of that stuff on Back to the Future 1. Mm. So, yes, we have all of the movies we're covering in sequel September, we have covered the the first um, um, iterations of. So you can go back and find them, including Back to the Future Part 1, which I think was kind of a big episode for us, right, Greg? It felt like it solidified our our thing yeah, a little bit. somewhat. Somewhat. I haven't listened to it since it came out. It might be terrible. But. I had intended on listening to both the episodes as research, little, you know, Freshener. Yeah, same. But I did not. It's, there's a couple of hours there that I, just, that I just haven't had. Yeah, it takes time. So we're doing Back to the Future Part 2 this week. Mm-hmm. Next week we're doing Beverly Hills Cop 2. Mm-hmm. And then the third week, what are we doing? We talked about Predator 2. Maybe we can see, we can still decide. We've got time. Actually, I was thinking, Greg, maybe we can put it up for a vote because I think we had it narrowed down to like, Predator 2 or Die Hard 2 maybe or oh, something yeah, like that. Maybe yeah. I'll do – I'll put it on the gram, uh, one of those this or that yeah, voting yeah, things. Yeah. Fans' choice. There, there you go. Have it. Stay tuned, folks. There you go. We need Stay your tuned. help. Stay tuned. Yeah. Well, uh, with all that preamble out of the way, why don't we get into the episode here? Why Back not? Back to the Future Part 2, 1989. What a year. Oh, wasn't it a big year? For, like just culture in general. Yeah. Um, which is surprising. Yeah. Well, the world changed the year before, right? That's right. Expo 88 and such. Tell you what, if anyone that had a time machine in 1989 would have just gone back 12 months, right? <laughs> Drop in on Brisbane. All those people in that Facebook group of yours. Oh, Greg's, yeah. Greg's in an uh, Expo 88 Facebook group and there's so many sad humans in there like, wasn't one trying to find a girl he met there? Yeah, or one guy was trying to find a girl he met at Expo. Um, there's a few, yeah, there's a few people there to celebrate and commemorate. A few others are, um, I guess, you know, they're lost souls in some ways. Um, <laughs> they just haven't been able to get past the glory and dizzying heights of Expo 88, which I get, like, yeah. What's the opposite of post-traumatic stress disorder? It's like post... Yeah, it's just like they peaked. Glorious perfection disorder, something. <laughs> but, yeah, 1989, uh, a lot happened, surprisingly. Um, I guess it's the inertia, the wave of Expo sort of spilled out into culture at large. Yeah. Big year for Icelandic beer drinkers. Um, the country ended a 74-year prohibition on beer. Oh. Um But um, maybe a little bit closer to the film we're talking about today, there was some big moves from some of the game makers, probably none bigger, I would suggest, than the release of the Nintendo Power Glove. What do you remember about the Power Glove, Kristen? I remember the movie The Wizard. Yeah. Um, I I think I'm... 
I don't know if we, I don't know how, to what extent it launched in Australia because I only remember it from The Wizard. So I don't, I didn't know it was a real thing for a while there. The Wizard. But it was. I also don't really get how it worked. Is it just a controller on your arm or is there motion stuff? I don't know. I think there was motion stuff. Um, hey, look, I've got the trailer here. Do you want to, do you want to have a look at it? It's quite visual. Um, so it's oh, not yeah. the best for audio, but it's 30 seconds. So I think we can. You can visualise. Yeah, let's do it. Do you remember this ad? The power glove for your Nintendo entertainment yeah. system. Now you and the games are one. Right, so it wasn't even for Super Nintendo. It was for the first one. Oh, it looks like he's jumping with his head. Oh, he's punching with it. The power glove. Everything else is child's play. I fucking love... That kind of shit. 80s futuristic stuff. It's fucking glorious. Glorious. Isn't it? And Nintendo did a few things like that. Because I don't, I mean, I don't think it was very good, the Power Glove. Good idea. Yeah. The technology wasn't really there yet. I don't think it really worked the way they said it. Like that punching thing, I don't think it worked. (laughs) Because it wasn't even until like the 2000s when, when Xbox introduced motion controls on, oh no, in the Wii and stuff, I guess. Yeah, the Wii. When's the Wii? Yeah, 2000s. So, like, that's a pretty huge, like, 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> that's significant. Exactly. Um, it sold over one, yeah. one million units. Um, I think it only was on market for a wow. year. So maybe a million of those reviews were, were quite bad. I would love to get one as a collector's item. Like, that's the kind of shit I would – I'm not a huge collector, but that I would be down. Mm. Put it in some kind of display cabinet. It's a little creepy. It's got a it's got a BDSM feel to it. Oh yeah. Beware the aesthetic you're portraying. Would be my only advice. That's okay. I can put it right. I can put it next to the sex swing. Yeah. Yeah. In the dungeon. <laughs> Straight to the pool room. Mm-hmm. Power glove. Mm-hmm. Power glove. Power glove. Power glove. Keep going. Uh, what else happened in '89? Oh, it's a big year for movies. I tell you what. Mm. Yeah, I'll give you a little glimpse of the top ten. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Batman. Look who's talking. Lethal Weapon 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Little Mermaid, Ghostbusters 2, License to Kill. Also a lot of movies we've covered. When Harry Met Sally came in at number 16 that year. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out that year. Big year for time travel. Weekend of Bernie's came in at 39. Kickboxer came in at number 67. I think Cyborg also came out that year. Hmm. What a year. But there was a film, Greg, that came in at number three, which I conveniently skipped before. Little film uh, about a boy mm-hmm. and a man and a time machine. Little film called Back to the Future Part Two. Came out in November of 1989 with a budget of $40 million and a gross box office of $332.9 million. Wow. Pretty big, pretty huge. Wow. Um, I believe Back to the Future Part 1 was the biggest movie in the world. In the galaxy? Yeah, so this was a slip, I think. Like, I mean, a little bit. (laughs) It was obviously a huge, huge movie. But interestingly, I don't know, did you check Rotten Tomatoes, Greg? Uh, I had a look, yeah. Critic score of 63%, audience score of 85%, mm. um, which is a bit of a drop relative to its predecessor. It's a significant, crazy. significant drop. Yeah, so critic consensus, Back to the Future 2 is far more uneven than its predecessor, but its madcap highs outweigh the occasionally cluttered machinations of an overstuffed plot. I should read these beforehand sometimes. <laughs> Some of them have big words, Greg. <laughs> yeah. And oh, heaven forbid they throw a name in there. 
Have you noticed I don't do the name thing as much now? I know, it saddens me. I feel I don't want to be disrespectful. If it's a foreign name, I think it's you should put in the work to learn how to say it. Fair. So I do that sometimes. And then other times I just am confidently wrong. Um, was this a big movie for you, Greg? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, hoverboards and stuff. Of course such. it was. Yeah. Yeah, Marty McFly was the, was the, the man or the boy. I can't remember too much around my first viewing or anything like that. Just, yeah. I mean, the hoverboards really stand out, the Nike shoes, you know, all that futury stuff was, was what was the kind of focus for kids, the, the growing pizza. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You the same? It's, it's interesting, right? Because I think, yeah, I'm the same. Uh, films like this where they're so big, you, it's hard to isolate the first viewing or – it just was always there. You watch it all the time on TV a lot, and it, yeah, it's interesting that that Rotten Tomatoes score is not that high, and I think number three is higher. It is, yeah, because just culturally and impactfully, I think for most people our age, when you say Back to the Future, like hoverboards is probably the first thing you think of. Mm. And I know we talked about when we covered Part One that it was kind of nice to just look at Part One in isolation and really like appreciate it as a as its own thing because it was quite delightful. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting because so much of what's in this one is what I associate with Back to the Future the most. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll unpack whether we agree with that score or not. But, yeah, I think it was also pretty massive a few years ago because there was the Back to the Future day because 2015, something, something, October, whatever. Yes. You know, Nike dropped those shoes and a few things like that. Mm-hmm. Jules 19 came out. <laughs> All right, should I get into the origin story? Yeah, 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 get into it. Origin story. Uh, so this is the sequel, Greg. So I'll, I'll recap the origin story of the first one in, in 25 words or less. Um, ultimately, the, the idea sparked there when Zemeckis was cleaning out his parents' attic or, or basement, one or the other, and came across his dad's yearbook photos. And was like, huh, I wonder if I would have been friends with this guy if I was at high school with him. And idea sparked, partnered with his mate Bob Gale, Bish Bash Bosh, he got back to the future. Um, it came out in 1985, budget of $19 million, box office of $388.8 million, number one for the year globally. Wow. Big fucking movie. So. Wow. What is, what's interesting there, though, is obviously part one finished on like a teaser, but apparently a sequel wasn't initially planned and that was more just like a bit of a fun ending. They weren't necessarily expecting to, to pay that off. But, man, as we always say when it comes to sequels, once it makes that kind of money, you'd be crazy not to, right? So That's it. Unless you hate the money. Makers, yeah, why would parties. you hate money? Yeah. Sexy parties, money, rap party, the Viber Room, all of the things. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> they made this one just so they could have another rap party, I think. Very likely. Uh, but, yeah, Zemeckis said he, he's in if Michael J. Fox is in and Christopher Lloyd were in too. And, and they, of course, were because they don't hate money or sexy parties. Of course they're in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> he partnered with Bob Gale again and, and Bob actually ended up writing – most of the script, or at least the first draft himself, um, because Zemeckis was busy making Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh-huh. So on this one, you know, back to the visual one, it's screenplay credits uh, Zemeckis and um, and Bobby Boy. But in this one, it's just written by Bob Gale. Zemeckis gets a story by, though. So I could imagine lots of phone calls where he's like, do this, what about this, what about this? And then Bob has to go write it. That's, that's the dynamic I imagine. It has to be. Now, um, interestingly, I, I heard somewhere that Zemeckis initially was excited about doing a sequel because he thought it's an opportunity. They have a unique opportunity compared to other sequels based on their premise for the characters to re-enter the first movie, which, okay, that sounds cool. That's a nice little sound bite. I'm listening. But upon further research, it appears that that wasn't even in the first script. In the first script, that whole third act was going to be set in the 60s. So someone on the internet is lying. Perish the thought. Wow. But the 60s thing's kind of cool. So imagine, imagine 
to to solve the almanac thing, they had to go back to 1967. His mum's a hippie, so a missed opportunity for a hot Leah Thompson, 70s babe, 60s babe. Yes. George would have been a college professor, so a missed opportunity for Crispin Glover and elbow patches. Uh-huh. It would have been nice. Could have been nice. But I think um, no matter the order, I can imagine that that's the idea that Zemeckis fell in love with. We'll re-enter the first movie. No one's done that before. So, you know, there you go. I also heard that the whole Old West, a.k.a. Back to the Future 3, mm-hmm. was also intended to be in this, but I, I couldn't find anything on that either. So someone out there is lying, Greg. Uh, but they did shoot these back-to-back. I think Buford gets mentioned at some point when they do the spiel on the Tannen success story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they show, um, yeah, they show the, whatever his name is, with a moustache, egg-sucking Buford. kind of trash. Mad Dog. Mad Dog, yeah. But, yeah, they did shoot them back-to-back. They did. Which must have been pretty new at the time. You know, I feel like Lord of the Rings is the one that everyone points to as like a so, first yeah. one for that. But if you've got if you've got Zemeckis on doing the Roger thing, mm. an old mate has to, effectively had to write two movies. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, because they also had to build all the sets, which took like two years. But, of course, thinking about it now, that's for two movies as well. So, yeah, interesting. Interesting. I'm sure it paid dividends in the long run. Oh, to this day. I wonder what the royalties are for this thing for those guys. Um, hey, what's interesting doing a sequel, Greg, is, is you know, usually we talk about pre-casties, but this is a unique scenario where we can talk about recasties in the origin story. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? Keep going. So famously, Crispin Glover was out. The official story is the money thing, but I think as we discussed last time, he had issues with the moral of the previous story and that, you know, the happy future was all just financially based versus love based, which, you know, there's some mm-hmm. merit to that. Um, but that's mm-hmm. essentially why he gets murdered in this movie. <laughs> 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 By Biff of all people. <laughs> yeah. They brought in a guy named Jeffrey Weissman, you know, and unfortunately it wasn't his big break either because the whole, his success in this movie is based on no one knowing he's in it, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> so and then we had Elizabeth Shue as Jennifer. So Claudia Wells played Jennifer in the first one. And the reason why is actually very sweet. So Claudia Wells left acting after her mother was diagnosed with cancer. So she just said yes. she got offered the role and everything and she just said no. Mm. And she started acting again like in the late 2000s. But, yeah, she put family first, man. Got to respect that. Big time. Bish Bash Bosh, goes off a movie, rap party at the Viper Room. Mm-hmm. Rap party at Cafe 80s, perhaps even. <laughs> Do you reckon they did that just so they could, like, one less future thing to worry about? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Apparently they had a hard time with the future stuff, like, Zemeckis didn't really want to set it in the future because he didn't want to have to go down the road of making all these predictions and them being wrong and yada, yada, yada. Oh, but then they did. But then they did and I think their mentality of it was let's just make it fun. They did. Who cares if it's accurate or not? Because, I mean, he says this now with the benefit of hindsight, like, you know, we knew there would be flying cars in 2015, but it's fun to put in the movie. You're like, yeah, did you ever watch Beyond 2000 in the 80s? They were they were sure we'd have flying cars by now. So, Well, it's still Beyond mm. 2000 now, I guess. Beyond 2000 was a great show. Mm, had robots. I was even thinking, it's such a great phrase too. Like I was thinking once we run out of 80s and 90s movies, by the time we do it'll be like 2023 or 2025 or something, we just mm. start doing 2000s movies and we call it Double Impact Beyond 2000. Oh. Wow. Bish, bash, bosh, you got yourself a podcast. Yeah, so this podcast could go forever. I think as long as the movies are 20 years old, that's enough of a space. That's, I think so. Let's play the trailer. Do you remember the future?
Where? Back to the future. Are we back? We're back. What do you mean we're in the future? October 21st, 2015. Marty, we're going to be able to see our wedding. Wow. The future. I got to check this out, Doc. Look what happened oh. to your son. Oh. He's a complete wimp. Don't talk to anyone. You've been looking. Hey, look. Don't touch anything. I need to borrow your hoverboard. And try not to look at anything. I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I can't lose. I invented a time machine to travel through time. Hey, Doc, I'm all for that. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? No. The time continuum has been disrupted, creating an alternate 1985. There have been a few changes. It's like we're in hell or something. No, it's Hill Valley, although I can't imagine hell being much worse. But they'll all be back. Eat less slackers! Biff? Hello? Hello, anybody home? Why they can't be you? You're so big. Michael J. Fox. Christopher Lloyd. Michael J. Fox. More like a couple of teenagers, you know? And Michael J. Fox. Mom, is that you? Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film, Back to the Future. Gotta get back in time. Part 2. Coming November 22nd to theaters everywhere. I don't remember this song being in it. Yeah. It's not in it, right? I, I looked at the soundtrack. Maybe it's from the first movie? They just put it in the trailer? I don't know who the, there's no way of knowing, Greg. No, nah, we'll never know. <sighs> what happened in this movie, Greg? Well, Tristan, we returned to where we left off at the end of number one. Uh, I think. That's true. Very astute. Um, just time had passed, but time had stood still in many ways. Mm. Um, yeah. So we're on Marty's front yard and Doc suddenly appears in the DeLorean. He looks like he's dressed in Yeezy season 30. <laughs> and he yells, Marty, your kids! Uh, so they get in the DeLorean because he's got to go and do something with his kids. He explains on the way... And the flying Delor- the DeLorean flies now. Um, <laughs> that so he's explaining that. Look, I need you to pretend to be your kid and say no to Griff or Tiff or whichever Tanner it is, Biff Junior. Say no to him because he wants to bring you into this robbery they're going to do, and what's going to happen is your kid's going to bungle the robbery and end up in jail. Mm. So he wants to go to the future and doctor the past. Doctor the yeah. Future. Something. So while they're there um, rescuing the future, Marty very astutely, I believe, purchases a grey sports almanac. I always thought it was Grace. It's Grey's. It's very astute on your uh, Grey's <laughs> Sports Almanac, uh, which had a hist- which had the result of every sport from you know, eighties through to the two thousand fifteen. Uh, <laughs> with a view to go and Place a couple of bets when you know the result. How could you yeah? resist? Exactly. Who doesn't like was... money and sexy parties? Exactly. I think in hindsight that was my favourite bit of this movie. Um, Interesting. So Doc gets wind of this and cracks the shits at Marty. And uh, yeah, I think it's double standards, isn't it, really? Yeah. Because... If he, he doesn't let Marty do that, but if Marty did that, maybe he would have been rich and his son wouldn't have had to have tried to rob something to make it some money because future Marty was broke. That's very astute on your part. Yeah, yeah, true. Just a thought. Just a different way of cutting up the onion, you know? (laughs) Is that an expression? (laughs) I don't know. Anyways. So Biff or Griff or Sniff or whichever one it is, one of the tannins, he gets his hands on the almanac, jumps in the DeLorean, and then he comes back all wigged out. I don't really know what happens. But when they go back, Biff had had the almanac. And so he turned into a Trump Trumponian type <laughs> overlord of dystopian Hill Valley. 
Absolutely. And all the best sports results. Exactly. And then, um, <laughs> you know, we go through some tough times, I would say. Yes. But, sure um, you know, Marty and Doc save the day, yada, yada, yada. Elizabeth Shue wakes up. Finn. Finn. <laughs> Wait, does she wake up? No, that's in part three, I think. Oh, she doesn't wake up, up to a part. No, I don't think so. That's the thing, man. This movie, I completely forgot the end. And I was like, what the fuck is this ending? That sucks. <laughs> There's no, it doesn't end. It just plays so, a trailer for Back to the Future 3. Part 3. So that's how you do it, mate. You've got you lo- you to learn something about how to keep them on the hook. So <laughs> I'm just thinking just quickly, the, la- the lady that went to look, the girl that went to look after her mother, she probably read the script. She probably read the script and was like, uh, I think I'll just look after me, mum. She's uh, sick. Yes, sick. Because she took a look at this script and was like, well, I minute for five minutes. So you know the thing with that is, because they weren't planning to make a sequel, but obviously at the end of the first movie she gets, well, another actress, gets in the DeLorean with Marty and Zemeckis says they regret they regretted doing that because they had to find a way to get rid of her for the whole movie. Which is crazy because also what if you just made her a character? <laughs> like is you got Elizabeth Shue now as well, like... Yeah. Karate Kid was like five years ago. She's a star. She's a star. Isn't she? She's a star at this point. And she's star great. In my eyes. Give her a B story at least. Like it's it is almost it's just so funny that that is the constraint they take out of that, like, oh, we painted ourselves into a corner here. We've got we've got a female character in the DeLorean. What how are we gonna get rid of her? Not how do we just give her a story in a an art. Well, <laughs> in their defense, they probably wanted to minimize, as you mentioned, they probably wanted to minimize interaction with Futureland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, the story is pretty complex enough, but. Yeah. But I. But yes, yeah, it's I funny. You. It's funny. Put it, put it to sleep. <laughs> Send her to the Old West or something, and that's why they have to, I don't know, something. I'm sure there's a million <laughs> ways someone more talented than myself could find a role for a female in this movie. <laughs> But nope. in saying that, I had a good time with this picture. Did you? Yeah, good. I did. Yeah. I think there was a period of my life where I thought it was better than the first. Uh, I no longer yeah. think that's the case. Uh, I agree. But it's still very fun. It it's just busier. Yeah. A lot of jumping yeah. around. And I, I still really like it. Like I'm glad it exists. Like, I don't think – I think some of the other sequels we, we'll talk about I don't think meet – this criteria, but it, it, it is like a, it's a worthy sequel in a million ways. Cause yeah, it builds on it. You've got a time machine. You've got to go to the future. The first movie, you just went to the past. And I think some of my favorite sequels are the ones that kind of invert the premise of the first one, like Terminator one, Arnie's the bad guy. Terminator two, Arnie's the good guy. Um, yeah. and I've no further examples, but <laughs> there were two good ones though. But, the first movie they go in the past, second movie they go to the future. It makes sense. It's like a logical next step. And Correct. they explore further implications of the premise and like it all feels very yes valid and worth exploring, 100%. But, yeah, I'm with you. I was watching it growing up. This definitely would have been my favourite, but maybe just because of hoverboards. I, I think the first one as a film is better overall. Just tighter. It's, it's tighter. It is. It's, a, it's like a perfect little closed loop. Um but I still really like this. I I wouldn't give it sixty percent or whatever. Yeah, critics' score is there. But uh, anyway, it, it felt. I mean, this is a thought that popped into my head. I don't really know what it means, but it just, it felt very much like an episode of Futurama or something. Which I guess Futurama would have obviously been influenced by pictures like this. But I don't know. Something about it felt. Because it gets, um, if maybe in Rick and Morty, ironically enough, obviously based on this movie and the whole the franchise. Um, yes. Just yes. the absurdity and the complexity of it all. It felt very yeah, much like those two felt shows. More Rick, yeah, I thought the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's lots I forgot about this movie too. Like, I've, I've got a little list here. Um, Doc's face was really weird in the beginning. And I thought. Like he looked really ill or something and then, you know, then he peels his face off and he had been wearing a fake face 
Did you yeah, what was that, that all about? Yeah, yeah, but so, I, I just don't get what was he was doing. Like a, he said, it was like a to look better, like a. He had a he had a facelift, basically a rejuvenation. Youth in disguise, Marty, but I was afraid you wouldn't recognize me. I went to a rejuvenation clinic and got a whole natural overhaul. They took out some wrinkles, did a hair repair, change of blood, added a good thirty to forty years to my life. They also replaced my spleen and colon. What do you think? You look great, Doc. But it seems like it was ultimately an opportunity to just not have him in four hours of makeup every day because for this movie and the next movie he's going to be playing, he theoretically would have would have had to be in an old age makeup for the whole thing because he's playing the 85 version of himself or whatever. The ah, 1985 yeah. Version. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so smart. they just found a nice little little trick. Very good. Didn't get that past you, did they? No, they didn't. The ending I forgot completely. Um, and actually, to be fair, almost everything outside of the future stuff I kind of forgot. Well, no, that's not true. I, I remember the the alternate 1985, which looks a lot like 2022, but I, uh, but I forgot all the details around it. <laughs> <laughs> ooh la la. Did you um, remember ooh la la? What's ooh la la? Uh, the skins mag. Oh, ooh la, yeah, ooh la la. That was nice. That was good. Yeah. You know what's funny about that? When he's buying the almanac, they made such a big deal about the the cover wrap thing. Yeah. I was like, that's a weird, weird detail to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> but there it comes. It's like Chekhov's it's gun. It's the payback. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as you pointed out too, because this picks up right where the last one left off, as does the third one, something I never really considered before is that this is really – a big week for Marty McFly. Like this is all happening in oh one goodness. go. <laughs> Let him have a sleep. Has he, uh, has he slept? Not many people could manage that. No. Well, we know he didn't Crazy. sleep much when he made the film, so. True. Oh, apparently that's why they made these two back-to-back as well because he had a break from the show. <laughs> um, Kid, I know so you're looking just... for some rest, but we're going to make yeah. two movies. <laughs> But yeah, did you? So you enjoyed it though overall, yeah? I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I did, and I watched it with Bruce. So Bruce, my son, is oh turning, yeah, finally, yeah, he's turning six um, in a month, and so he's kind of I can, I can starting to wean him or trying to wean him onto, you know, movies, getting yeah. him away from Paw Patrol and such. Um, so we watched this. And he was pretty into it. That's he was cool. like, this is actually pretty good, Dad. I'm like, thanks, mate. <laughs> and he's like, he was into the DeLorean. So um, yeah. I think a big tick for this film is the DeLorean uh, holds up in 2022. Yeah. It's yeah. still a cool car. And he was just, it's I think cool. the flying bit. He's like, so it can fly and then it can drive. So you can do both. I'm yeah. like, yep, drive and fly. <laughs> Probably go underwater too. <laughs> so that was cool. That is cool. That's a first, a double impact first. Yeah, it is. It is oh, a double no. impact first. Um, I was hoping to get a soundbite out of him, um, but he's off. He's got sport, so he's not here. Uh, fair enough. Which I'm team manager yes. of, but I'm here. I'm a, I'm an absent <laughs> team manager. <laughs> I said, Carol, I think we're going to be co-managing. <laughs> She can be your assistant regional manager. Yeah, I need, everyone needs an assistant regional manager. Yeah, <laughs> assistant to the regional manager. Um, the thing in this movie, Greg, that is interesting is its view on genetics, wouldn't you say? Go on. Um, <laughs> obviously, I say this tongue-in-cheek because it's I, I don't care, but it's always been hilarious to me how like the logic of how genetics work. Like obviously Marty doesn't look like his dad. Well, he does as much as a dad and son may look alike, but they're not identical. Yet every subsequent generation looks exactly like Marty McFly. (laughs) Like his son is identical to him. All the Biffs, all the Biffs through. Well, actually, when he gets back to the future three. Strong genes. Why doesn't anyone look like... um, well, or even George doesn't look like George. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's so funny. And like, I guess it's a bit of a fun trope in these types of movies that 
that's how genetics work. But like <laughs> there's a lot where like in lots of movies they do this, right? And the, the example I always think of is The Simpsons and the Van Outens. Van Outens? Van Houtens? The Millhouse mm. family. And like when you actually think about it, his parents just kind of look like siblings, right? Like how mm. it's uh, some problems. <laughs> There's some problems. Well, there. there are. I mean, we all know couples where they look the same. Do we? Yeah. Not us. You and Ara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. No, Aren't you supposed to be attracted to people the opposite? Well, no. For the gene Not pool? everyone. Yeah, you don't know. There's definitely couples that look the same. Yeah, there's a whole web. There's a whole Instagram account. Couple oh, or dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, couple, couple or dating. dating. No, what couple. is it? Siblings or dating or something? Something you like that. Guess. Yeah. You got to guess if they're a couple or if they're dating. Oh my god! Can I get that right? You got to guess if they're <laughs> a couple or siblings. It's very yeah. hard. Hard words. Maybe they're both. <laughs> it could be. That's why Millhouse <laughs> is so weird. Wrong. Trick question. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> you loser. Well, speaking of, um, you know, the multiple Michael J. Foxes and um, Biffs and such, uh, why, don't we, why don't we talk about some of the special effects here? Because it was quite a big deal. Like I, in watching this, I, I was thinking, shit, did they, did they spruce this up in subsequent years? But I don't think they did. Did they? Not that I know. I, they did. I mean, they often do. They go back with a little yeah. brush as technology advances, and because it all looked really good, right? Any flying stuff looked really good. Hoverboards looked good. Mm. Makeup looked horrendous. The makeup is fucked. It is horrifying. <laughs> I remember yeah. thinking that as a kid too. It's like horror movie shit, man. It's unsettling, isn't it? It's fucked up. It's fucked. Um, but what was great, so uh, those delightful fellows at Industrial Light and Magic were involved in this one. Also, side note, it's such a great business name, Industrial Light and Magic. Just great. What a great name. Mm. Yes. Great name. Yes. I was thinking about that the other day. Anyway. I buy shares. So this was certainly not the first movie to have the same actor playing two roles on screen, but mm. they used to be quite restricted um, so pre Back to the Future 2, they used to have to do it like camera staying still, shoot it once, change costume, shoot it again, splice it together kind of thing. But for this movie, they invented Vista Guide, which meant you could do that and have live camera movement. So the camera would move the exact same way both times. Yeah. So that you could have moving camera and multiple Michael J. Foxes in one shot. Pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Wow. Um, wow, that's a wow. Wow. Uh, early CGI as well with uh, Jaws 19 with that yeah. program thing. We're still trying to get billboards like that. Yeah, right? The hologram is up there with the hoverboard. Yeah. Where we started calling things that aren't even that. that. Remember the, like a few years ago those electric skateboardy things that you rode like you know, the other way, horizontally. Wait, you know what I mean? Not lengthways. They went straight forward with, anyway. And they were called hoverboards for some reason. But then there's no hovering happening. Yeah, and they these, shouldn't be allowed to. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I hope and they've been sued. Sued into the yeah. ground, I tell you. Sue them. And <laughs> Greg just chuck his fist at a cloud. Um and holograms are all bullshit too, because even like the great ones, like Tupac and stuff, they're only from a certain angle. Like it's not in, it's mm. not occupying three D space. So mm. just yes. hold the the names are going to lose meaning if you start using them and all every you know every man and his dog's bullshit invention. Mm-hmm. But you know, early CGI. I don't think it was first because I think Tron and that kind of thing. But it was it was a step forward. Um, and, and I think overall just the whole future thing was like a pretty good vision. Um, apparently there was a conscious decision to make it a more positive, fun future relative to, you know, the dystopia we often see and like Blade Runner and that kind of thing. So um, mm. it, it seemed quite, That's a good uh, point. maybe not fully Lighter. realized, but, 
but it felt it felt I don't know I liked it, and I think something I didn't appreciate as a child I don't think was that <laughs> in all three movies it is the same it's the same town square you know I like yeah. it you know it's, yeah. it's nice it is nice don't really leave it <laughs> well why would you <laughs> why would you it's perfect I'd love to live in a town like that. Hell of a town square, oh, yeah, where everybody knows your name. Yeah, one tavern. <laughs> so they they within that future they they got some things pretty well nailed. Video conferencing. Yeah, yeah. You know, he got fired over VC. I like that the fact that it had to throw a fax in there. That's they got that wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's funny though that I would say even if we if we covered this movie five or six years ago. We probably wouldn't. It's, I think in the last couple of years, the video conferencing thing has become so much bigger, especially because of COVID. But even like FaceTime and mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. Like we've been we've been able technically to do video calls for a long time, but we just kind of didn't. But I feel mm. like now it has become pretty mainstream. I agree. Like it's pretty much yeah, yeah. So yeah, interesting. That one did pay off eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Flat screens, big flat screens in the house. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, personalized home entry. Does he use the finger? Does it fingerprint or is it eye retina? Do you remember? Oh yeah, I think it was fingerprint. That's strong. That's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't got good. one of those at home, but I feel like I'm sure there's some houses that do. Yeah, smart homes, Tristan. Yeah, I've got a dumb home. Mm, did I? Yeah. Closest mm. I've got is <laughs> I've got electric blinds. They're pretty cool. Me too. I got those too. Oh, they're good, aren't they? <laughs> One just stopped working though. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, it's a bummer. Chicago Cubs got that right too, sort of almost. The Cubbies! Yeah, was it a year off or something? What was the? Yeah, they won like in the last couple of years at some point, right? But they did get, they did make the postseason in 2015, um, which is obviously the year the film was set, and uh, for the first time since 2008. But they lost to the Mets on. Back to the Future Day, October 17th or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, fucking cubbies. <laughs> Pretty funny. There was um, there's some great little details peppered throughout as well, you know, uh, like yeah. Spielberg's son being the director of Jaws 19. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, the fancy Miller is getting, I think, um, friend of the show, Brendan, beer, beer expert and friend of the show, oh, Brendan yeah. Barrett, pointing out that, when he went back, when he was rich, he'd gone from having Miller Light in the trash to like Miller International or whatever the fancy Miller is. Interesting. It's a little thing, yeah, Tristan. Nice. I love those little things. Yeah, but they did miss a few things. The two tie fashion. I haven't seen much in the way of two. Have you know about <laughs> two tie fashion? No. It's, if anything, it's gone the opposite way. Less ties. Less tie fashion. They went the wrong way. Uh, the pizza thing isn't a thing, unfortunately. We're all waiting for to rehydrate a pizza, I think. Yeah, man. <laughs> Big time. Usually I need to rehydrate after a pizza. Mm, yeah. Maybe that's – maybe we're doing it wrong. Um, but, I mean, that's the kind of shit I want real bad. That's a, that's a, that's a real staple of sci-fi, you know, the old stick a pill in a thing and a you know, meal comes out or some shit. Yeah. Where's that? When do we get that? Air fryer is probably closest we got. <laughs> and that just reheats pizza. <laughs> it's a mini oven. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. So you can oven while you're ovening. Mm-hmm. Did you know? Here's a little did you know for you. Um, Biff was supposed to die, like old man Biff. Oh. I, and I think you can see traces of it. Like after his cane breaks, he's like having a bit of a moment and that was supposed to be him fading away. Yeah. Yeah. Because apparently – uh, I think it's canon maybe, but it's just not really in the movie anymore, um, was that by giving the almanac and, you know, setting that course in action, Marty's mum was going to shoot and kill him in the 90s, you know, her abusive husband, etc. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they were ever going to show all that or what. I don't know. Maybe I guess there were just too many things to show so they cut that. But, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he wasn't going to be. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, then they didn't. Yeah, and actually, that, I guess we should talk about that too. That just the the whole Trump esque nature of that whole timeline is pretty trippy, man. Mm. It's pretty wild. <laughs> it's, it's like it's it was based on Trump. 
Oh, it was? It was, yeah. It looked Trumpy, the tower and everything. Yeah. Like there it, you go. It's crazy that they based it on Trump, obviously well before he's president and all that, and, and just like I, I'm not going to oversell it here, but, you know, the, the reality that was built under that version of Biff was uh, pretty wild stuff, man. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. He was having a good time. I can see some dotted lines between that reality and some things we've seen recently. It's, mm. uh, it's a little crazy. <laughs> I guess does that think. count as a prediction that got right almost in a sad way? Mm, potentially. <clears throat> Maybe Leah Thompson's going to try and assassinate Trump. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know what she's up to these days. She's trying to direct the um, Howard the Duck movie for Marvel. She's pitching herself. Yeah, she's pitching herself to direct it. I think she's directed some movies, smaller movies. Okay. And she's like, man, how the duck's my jam. Let me do it, Marvel. So who knows? Maybe she will. Give her a crack, I say. Yeah, give her a crack. I am supportive. Get her on that sweet MCU money train. Yeah, exactly. She deserves it, man. She's the best. Yeah. Oh, but there was one thing, Greg, that really stood out to me this in this rewatch. Um and it is somewhat of a subject matter area that I think we can speak pretty confidently in. And we probably should do more. I always forget. But product placement. Yeah. Obviously, it's sort of the world we're in in advertising, et cetera. I thought, I thought I'd do a little analysis of product placement in this film and how the brands paid it off on Back to the Future Day in 2015 and kind of okay. you know, we can, yeah, we yeah, can nice. decide if they pulled it off or not. Um, but as a little bit of a history lesson, first and foremost, um, in the first film there wasn't that much product placement. Um, of course, no Pe- one really Pepsi. expected it to be as big as it was. Pepsi was in there, um, but it was all pretty subtle. Uh, most of the product placement was more from Zemeckis for, for, for what's the word, word? authenticity, because he hated watching uh, yeah. a movie where you'd go to a – a pet a gas station and it's some made up brand. Like, show me the real brand. I want to, you know, and especially if we're going back to the fifties, they wanted to show fifties brands, etc. So they, you know, they had a few things in there like gotcha. Texaco and a few other things, Pepsi. Um, and interestingly enough, they chose Pepsi. I think they they basically let brands pitch, and they chose Pepsi because Pepsi's logo has changed since the fifties, oh. which is one of the number one critiques of the Pepsi brand is that they keep changing their logo and, you know, Coca-Cola has basically never changed their logo. Um, But in this instance, it actually became a benefit. Yeah. Less so for California Raisins in um, Back to the Future Part 1. They paid 50 grand to be in it and they couldn't find a way to get them in there well, so they showed up a homeless man was eating them on a park bench. (laughs) (laughs) That was their... (laughs) Product placement. <laughs> oh my god! They got a refund. They got a refund. <laughs> hey, you could argue a bit of brand uh, defamation there, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, fully. They should get more than a refund. Mm. But yeah, part two was a different story. Obviously, they're going in knowing that this is a big movie, and um, this yeah. was not Zemeckis's doing. This was some guy at the studio, some kind of agent, shopping it around town, and and Zemeckis was bound by those contracts. Mm-hmm. So we had um, Pepsi was a pretty big one. They came back. Interestingly, with the Pepsi, they had um, the the way they listed the products in the film was original, diet, max, and perfect. And Pepsi Max ended up becoming a product. So this was pre Pepsi Max. Yeah, and then it was in there. Maximum sugar, no, no wait, no other way. Maximum around. taste, no sugar. Yeah, maximum sugar, no taste. That wouldn't sell very well. <laughs> Nobody wins in that scenario. Um, Sugar people. With a cool cool futuristic bottle for that Pepsi Perfect too. Oh, yeah. And I thought I, I was watching that going, man, they need to release that at least just for nostalgia. But apparently they did. In 2015, Pepsi released a limited run of Pepsi Perfect in a collector's case. And I think in the reality of the film, Pepsi Perfect was supposed to have vitamins and stuff in it. Um, oh, yeah. But to your point, in real life they just filled it with sugar. But I've got the ad here yeah. that they released in 2015 to promote it. Yeah, 
Greg just did a great dance to that. Good thumbs up at the nice. end too. Very yeah. just felt right. Like a mentor sat or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they did all right. That's not bad. And it's it, Pepsi's an interesting one too, because I do feel like maybe it's that hook that they had different no, I don't know. In any case, Pepsi is a great had a great eighties aesthetic in film. Yes. Like it, it I feel like it had more presence than Coca-Cola did in eighties films. I could be wrong about that, but I don't know. It feels there's a vibe that there. Was that's, their, that's they, very that was a, a, a very deliberate strategy. Yeah, they must have had a good branded content on. guy on board. Yeah. Good on them. Um, okay, next up, the hoverboard. I didn't notice back in the day that it was Mattel, Mattel branded. Yeah. Mm. So obviously big one. We talked about the hoverboards earlier. Um, they didn't do anything in 2015, but I'll tell you why. Because they jumped the gun and released a shit product in 2012, which was a prop replica for $120. Uh, it didn't hover. <laughs> it was just a piece of plastic. And it was crowned worst toy of 2012 by Gizmodo. <laughs> <laughs> and even Bob Gale apologized for allowing it because he, he bought into it and was like, yeah, let's do it. That's a great idea. He said, to those of you who bought one because of my endorsement and are upset with the product, I'm very, very sorry. Please accept, please accept my apology. I share your disappointment and you have permission to put my photo on a dartboard and throw sharp objects at it. Yeah, yeah but I'm not giving you a dollar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'll keep your money. Uh, <laughs> I ruin my tail money. <laughs> um, Ford... Um, they they provided some oh, they of the futuristic the, cars. Do they have the um? Was that? Did they do the truck that he wanted in part one? Was that a Ford? That awesome Maybe, black. Well, there might have been Toyota. To take up camping. Maybe it was a Toyota. I think Toyota yeah. and Ford were mm. in both. But okay. yeah, I feel they were more low key. Like they went to overt. I can't remember the car. I, I remember I remember the car, but I can't remember what brand it was. Um, but in 2015, they offered flux capacitor upgrades for Fiesta and Focus models. So that's a bit of fun. Mm. Um, the video calls you mentioned, they were, of course, branded AT&T in the film. They didn't do anything for Back to the Future Day. Feels like a missed opportunity in my book. Uh, but one of the biggest ones, Nike, um, they, of course, had the self-lacing Air Mags mm-hmm. that um, Marty was wearing. Uh, they released a version in 2012 uh, with no self-lacing. But then in 2015, they released it with the self-lacing and auctioned them off for uh, Michael J. Fox's charity, which is lovely. Mm. And I think we talked last time about the grand kind of irony around the self-lacing shoes and his condition. But I guess, you know, used to good effect in in that way of deploying it, you know, for charity, for people who actually, you know, may have trouble tying their their laces. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Nike's done quite a bit in the subsequent years of – Auto laces, but also shoes that are easy to put on if you have trouble with your with your hands and your fingies. There you go. Or if you don't have any. Yeah. Yeah, not a bad follow-up. Um, pizza Hut, that dehydrated pizza you mentioned was your Pizza Hut branded. Apparently they had a Pizza Hut food stylist on set to make sure the food looked good. I assume they fired that person. Um, it looked <laughs> it's a terrible-looking pizza. Terrible. It looks half of it. Half of the pizza had like three bits of capsicum on it. Yeah, the fuck was that? It's like a cartoon drawing of a pizza. (laughs) It was so bad, and it was like rock hard. It looked so Uh, bad. Yeah, apparently they were divas. They were brand divas, and yeah, had a person on set to manage it, and was getting in the way. Um, This is what Zemeckis was saying. That's the outcome. Yeah, Zemeckis was saying like he's never doing any product placement ever again. Because the way it happened on that movie, it was just like having 10 more producers on set and like all these other creative forces that With you have their, to appease. Yeah, trying to wedge their objectives in. That must be how they feel yeah. when we try and do integration in TV shows. Yeah, but you know what? Australian TV shows, it's all just brand. Like, Don't take the money if you're not going to do it. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, they, they know just, at the beginning. Don't take the money and then go, nah. It always bugs me on the block. When there's like a uh, what's that brand? 
U Foods or something. It's got nothing to do with home renovation and they'll make a whole episode, which I know is in the contract for U Foods and they'll have a dedicated episode, which is a whole <clears throat> a detour from the whole premise of the show where they have to cook food or some bullshit. And I just want to see them renovate a fucking house. Just watch Sundays then. That's the room reveal. That's basically what I do. Well, I haven't. I don't see it anymore because we don't have it over here. Oh, it's a great, great season. They're in the they're in the countryside. It'll be interesting too because I think there's going to be a lot more of that on Netflix now too. I think they're opening up the floodgates um, for other revenue streams. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, um, and yeah. So Pizza Hut didn't do anything in 2015, and there were a few other brands like Black and Decker was in there. The Weather Channel, Seven Eleven. I don't believe any of them did anything in 2015 for Back to the Future Day. But there was a nice one. DeLorean? Um, oh, yeah, DeLorean. Well, DeLorean is releasing some new models, I think, right? Did I see that somewhere recently? I heard, I heard that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't have much on that. But what I do have something on, though, Greg, is a Jaws 19 trailer that oh, Universal released. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty great. In 2015 or? Yeah, in 2015 they released this. It's pretty oh, awesome. I never saw it's this. It's very on brand for us. Jaws made you afraid to go in the water. Jaws 2 made you afraid to go back in the water. Jaws 3D was a new dimension in terror. In Jaws 4 The Revenge, it was personal. Then it was just business. Then pure pleasure. Cyber Jaws made you afraid to log on. And Robo Jaws made you afraid of robotic sharks. <laughs> then Chief Brody's grandson assembled a super team of shark hunters. Jaws 10, it was man versus shark versus all the terrors of the deep. Outer space, then a prequel, and a sequel to the prequel. And then a new era in terror began. Jaws started a family. Battled a Russian shark named Ivan Sharkovsky, <laughs> took a bite out of the Big Apple, and learned about love from a mysterious stranger. <laughs> Jaws 18 Origins, the mind-blowing reboot. Now, the oceans are disappearing, and to save their home, the sharks must attack. Jaws 19. This time, it's really, really personal. Coming soon. Nice. Oh, geez, that makes me want to do Jaws the Revenge now. Which one's Jaws Revenge? Is that four? Yeah. Oh, Are there or five three. or four? No, four. I don't know. Good point. Yeah, Let's good forget. question. I'm not, that one I'm not in clear. the Bahamas with Michael Caine and getting. Yeah. I think it's the first one I saw. Oh, no, that's not true. I saw the first one first, but that was the one I think I saw more because it was too scary the first one. Should we get into the verdict? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah! <laughs> I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law! I'd like you to answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth! What are you waiting for, huh? Say what again! Say what again! I dare you! Nothing further! Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I mean, yeah, it's a rewatch. What do you want? It's fucking Back to the Future Part 2. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to shed any new layer of astuteness on that. Um, I'd give it more than a 60% for sure. Yeah. Give it maybe an 8.5 out of 10. As far, you know, it's, it's, it's got some flaws, but I don't care. It's that kind of movie. Yeah. It's got future stuff that's cool. And I like the mind fuckery. Yeah, like a lot of the criticisms I think that were were that it's too messy and stuff. But I, I, that's the part I like the most. Uh, the the future is messy. Time travel is messy. <clears throat> yeah, you had an astute monologue about time in the last episode, I think. Did I? Oh, <laughs> take your word for it. Oh, oh last <laughs> you mean last week? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> did you like the music I put against it? Did you? It was beautiful. It? <laughs> it was. <laughs> that was so good. I meant to. I meant to. It's from Interstellar. I know. Mate, I, I, I meant to comment on that. That was genius at both times. <laughs> I found that audio works as a great device for a callback. So as mm. soon as you say it again, I'm like, oh, I'm going to put that back in there oh, anyway. It was so showing you how the sausage is made. Um, what, what say you, Greg? It's definitely a rewatch. Yes, I'm with you. Mm. Um, I think it's an astute uh, summary. 
One observation. Yep. I can't remember if I said this the first one. I'm just going to say this. These guys are a pretty bad team. Hardy <laughs> and Doc are ill-paired. <laughs> yeah. They're both highly erratic, quite irrational, <laughs> impulsive, manic people. There's yeah. just yeah, a, true. a plethora of personality disorders on display um, <laughs> with, between these two. I just they're not the kind of people that we want running around in doing time travel. Neither of them. And their family's pretty doomed because in the first one, yeah, their their family's not doing. So, wait, why does he even have to go back in the first one? Like, oh, by accident, he goes back by accident. Um, yeah. And in this one, you know, he saves his future family, but by saving them. He's just maintaining the status quo, which is that they're a bit shit. They're not doing so great. Exactly. Well, they were yeah, going to so make the daughter a sex worker in the um, second one, but then I think they dialed it back. <laughs> Fuck. Michael J. Fox was going to be a female sex worker. I don't know how much business she'd get. Why did she play? Why did he play her? Was that just for a bit of a laugh? I think that's the joke, yeah. But, you mm. know, based on, again, the whole, I don't know, should have done some Punnett squares or something. I didn't even notice it was her until like today. Him. (laughs) You didn't notice? I never knew that. Wow. (laughs) Um, Did Simpsons do it? So I don't think we had these evaluation criteria when we did the first one. So I'll I'll, I'll cover all bases. Um, Simpsons did do it in a variety of forms, but my favorite one was um, when Marge. And Artie. Yeah, and then Homer says, if Marge marries Artie, I'll never be born. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, Porn parody, yes. This is one of the best ones I've ever seen. Fap to the future, not bad at all. What is it called? Fap. Fap to the future. Fap. It means to masturbate. Oh. I never knew that. Then they, 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 haven't you heard like um, there's like no no fap November where like bros yeah. tried not to beat off in November. I, I didn't know exactly what it meant. <laughs> you thought you were doing it. Um, <laughs> Asking for sponsors. I put up a. I, I sent a link LinkedIn. around. Hi colleagues. This November I'll be participating <laughs> in. <laughs> oh no wonder no one donated. <laughs> That's really uh, Bechdel test. I mean, the Bechdel test thing, like I said, like give his girlfriend something to do. Uh, they they came close by having the two female cops, um, but they don't have names, so that mm. doesn't count as Bechdel it's test. A fail. Yeah, but I guess you could argue there's a scene where it's just females and they're talking not about a male, so that's something. Are you, that's a good are start. you trying to are you trying to mansplain the Bechdel test, Tristan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to well, our technically, male technically. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's doing a good world actually face. Um, FX test, a big yes for me aside from the makeup. Makeup is so bad. <laughs> it's weird. Why and, you know, I... no disrespect. It's the best they could do at the time. Yeah. A lot of work and it just doesn't hold up, unfortunately. But it still just kind of adds to the charm of the film, so it's not a deal breaker by any mm. means. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's it. MVP, do you have an MVP on this one? Uh, my MVP on this one is Flea as Needles. Forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't mention Flea or a young Elijah Wood playing Duck Hunt. Elijah Wood and Billy Zane is back. Apparently he's more famous now too, but he still did it because he's a good egg. What did he do? Where's Billy Zane in it? He was one of the one of the goons. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe I'm going to give it to the Tannen family. What what yeah, range? Yes. What range? What range he has? Biff, Griff. I agree, man. Mad dog. I took him for granted. Exactly. I took him for granted when I was a kid because I don't know. You don't root for the bad guy or anything. But now watching it as an adult, he is playing the most characters. Like the rest, kind of have one scene, and they're or whatever, different. But he's remember there's actually playing different Biff. people. Yeah, yeah, big time. I give it to Biff too. There you go. Yeah, it, uh, Thomas F. Wilson. <clears throat> Yes. That's the thing too. I, I think, you know, in 2015 when it was Back to the Future Day and all that kind of thing, there were lots of interviews and seems like a great guy. 
He's a podcaster you know, when you too. watch a movie as a kid and he plays a bad guy, you're not going to like him. Mm, did you know he had a podcast? Of course. He, now I hate him. Yeah, everyone has a, everyone <laughs> has a podcast. He's a musician as well. He's a, he's a slashy. Oh, interesting. He's got a contemporary Christian album called In the Name of the Father. Yeah, there you go. Interesting. Does he do with arms wide open? <laughs> Back to the future with an almanac. <laughs> Make like a tree. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, we had a good time. All right. We did. So that's <laughs> next, one down. One next week. down. Are we doing Beverly Hills Cop 2 yeah. next week? Beverly Hills Cop 2 next week. And what, what our friends at the show don't know is that we're recording these things back to back just like Zemeckis did Back to the Future 2 and 3 because yeah. we're crazy like that and Greg's going to Singapore. Yeah. So it's a double. We're doing a double. So we're going to do a... A wee and a water and then go again. Yeah. I'll be six beers in at that point, I think. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, until then, uh, what, you got some words for them, Greg? Take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs> I don't know when that started, but it's sticking. I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, bye, See friends. Bye. Friends. For the filmmakers, an even bigger secret was the creation of a futuristic device that demanded very special attention. Hey! I need to blow your hoverboard. The hoverboard is a board that hovers on magnetic energy, and it works just like a skateboard, except it doesn't have any wheels, and you don't have to have any pavement to hover on. And they've been around for years, and just that parents groups have not let the toy manufacturers make them and we got our hands on some and we put them in the movie.